welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and I am super stoked and excited uh, about today's guest. Um, been following him, known him for, for a few years now, um, and he, he's just an all-around great guy, uh, U.S. Army veteran, uh, did some contracting work, which uh, if he wants to talk about, we'll let him get into that. He's a fellow podcaster. He's a legend in the podcasting uh, community. Um, he's a producer. Uh, he's produced a, a, a several shows. He produces a show on, on HMG, the, uh, Straight Out of Combat um, Radio with uh, John Krotek. Uh, so without further ado, I'm excited to bring him on, Mr. Pete A. Turner. Pete, how you doing? Hey, man, it's great. Always an honor to be on someone else's show. And thanks you for the fabulous uh, introduction that, that warms my heart, and makes me feel good. And I think the same about you, man. You, uh, If there are people in the veteran production space for podcasts who have more accomplishments than us, then line them up because there aren't many. It's true, right? It's funny. I remember the one time we were talking, we were, it, it, it's crazy how much time has passed, like when we first started getting into this business. And, and I think you know, back when I got into this back in 2009, 10 timeframe, it, it, even then podcast wasn't always the popular term. It was like internet radio or, or it, it got into that side of things. And then gradually more and more, but podcasting has been around since 2004, 2005 timeframe. If, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 It's been around for a while. Um, I, I know our show started uh, the actual podcast in 2014, but we were doing shows before that, but it became officially a podcast in, in 2014. So uh, podcast alone, we've been at it for over five years. Yeah. And, and, and you, as you know, a and, lot of episodes. And listen, folks, if you're online listening to the show right now, open up another browser and check out uh, Pete's show is called Break It Down, uh, Break It Down Show. It's Break It Down Show dot com and there's a ton of interviews and and shows and stuff and you're gonna love them i've been listening to them uh now on and off for the last several months uh and i th- last night i was listening to your album one of the album fights and stuff like oh that. yeah i okay. love how you guys do that it's freaking awesome so um but let me back up uh here a little bit pete why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself Sure thing. So I was, uh, I graduated from college and, and really couldn't find a job. So I was staring at the problem of having not enough experience to get a job, but couldn't get any experience. And so ultimately, I decided out of the blue, basically, to join the army, and I became a counterintelligence agent, a spy. Wow. And um, it stuck. It was a good job for me. I'm one of the very few people in the military that can ever say my recruiter steered me right, didn't lie to me. Um <laughs> You know, nice, and and it was great. I mean, I absolutely, I don't no idea what the guy's name is. I couldn't pick him out in a crowd, <laughs> but I absolutely wanted to let him know. And someday, I imagine we'll meet if he's still around somewhere. Um, you know, he did it. He did a good job. He gave me exactly what I needed—the right amount of guidance and the right amount of leave me alone, which is something that I like a lot. And and yeah, so I was in the army and I deployed a whole bunch. I deployed to Bosnia. Uh, I deployed right after 9/11 uh, in October of uh, 01. And then uh, I got out and I was better at being with the army than in it because my kind of work, my level of candor, you know, I don't mind bringing bad news or hard news right. to, to a commander. I had to learn how to speak commander to do that effectively, but it's a whole lot easier to do that when you're outside working right. for, you know, working for rather than in the army. And so, yeah, as you said, I worked on some contracts and also I worked as, as a uh, DA civilian, the Department of the Army civilian 
And all of it was all based upon human collection. So my job was to go out every day outside of the camp and talk to the locals and figure out what was going on and how did we do a better job, where the threats were coming from. And so that's that's sort of the very short version of my uh, insanely crazy story. But, but I will say this just for your audience, because it's hard to understand this. I went on patrols just about every day. And so I've got over a thousand combat patrols and you're just not going to find as many people that have more time specifically in conflict zones doing that kind of work with as much interaction with the locals as I have. I'm a very, very, very rare bird. That, yeah, absolutely. When I heard that first about you, I was just like, well, that's like, you seriously, like, like you get, you know, a few dozen, you know, combat missions under your belt that's something that's something to talk yeah. about you know you get like a few hundred into the thousands and you're just like this man's on a whole nother level and he's doing stuff that you you can't even fathom right now right folks yeah um that's that's awesome um so move forward after after you did the the spy stuff and, mm-hmm. and you got it what was what was after that well, I got out and uh, I was sort of done. I, mean, I was tired of the death and destruction and all the stories of woe and, and all of the conflict zone work. And so I, I just, uh, and, and because I worked out in the remote areas, you know, where it was the most rugged, the most hard, my professional network was, it was all warlords and, and criminals and murderers, you know? So, so when I came back to, to get a sweet gig, I hadn't spent any time working on on getting a sweet gig. I, you know, everybody I knew was from a foreign country and spoke a foreign language and, or, or was low ranking in the military, you know, captains and that kind of thing. And they're not the ones that can help you get into a, a nice job. So ultimately I decided that it was time to transition into something else. And I started applying for civilian jobs and that did not go well. Uh, though my skills apply in so many ways, right. so many different facets, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get an interview. It wasn't about my resume being bad. It wasn't about my interview skills. I couldn't get anyone to even follow up with me uh, because I don't know, I I guess it just wasn't meant to be, I suppose. But I tried and tried that. I also tried a thousand jobs to apply for. I thought, well, if I've been on a thousand combat patrols, let me send out a thousand applications and see what I can get. And these are all jobs I'm qualified for and uh, never had any success. Basically had two interviews that were done as favors to friends. And one of those interviews, the result was, you should go back to Afghanistan. And the other ones, the guy said, I can't afford you before he even started talking about price or cost or anything. So I was, it was not even real opportunity. It was just a chance to hear from some you know crazy stories from a guy that had done a lot of crazy things. So you think about that. So that, that, that triggered my PTSD because all of a sudden I went from being this relevant person who was uh, having an impact in a conflict zone in the most complex and dangerous environments in the world to someone who couldn't even get an interview for a job. And it made me, made me want to kill myself, quite frankly. But um, I started telling stories and I, we had a little community radio show, my, my partner, John and I, and we quickly outgrew that. And they said, Hey, you guys are doing bigger things. Go do bigger things, get out of here. And so the podcast is what came from that. And, and we, have been growing ever since the ride has been insane. Cause I remember the very beginnings of it as you must on yours when I'm like, I can't believe we just did this. I can't believe we just did this. I can't believe we just did this. And it's just, it just keeps going and going. And uh, here I am today. My show has a life of its own. People recognize it instead of me a lot of times. And I am amazed by that. You know, it, it, it is truly amazing. And again, folks, as you're listening to this, open up another browser, 
go to breakitdownshow.com. You, you, I'm on the website right now looking at it, and, when, and you guys have interviews that come out pretty much every every day. Yeah, five days a week we have shows putting up. Actually, that, I should be putting up a show right now instead of talking to you. You know, <laughs> you're worth it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna delay an hour or two. <laughs> I, I love it. Thank you for that. And and, and folks, like this, and this is your full time gig, right? This is what I do. I'm a professional podcast producer. Yes. Yeah. And 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 why don't you tell people a little bit about the production and like what it really goes into? Because I think, at least with my experience, and maybe you can concur with this or not, but People like, hey, I want to start a podcast. And they're yeah. like, they think, yeah, I'm going to show up, I'm going to talk. And then that's it. They're just going to put it out somewhere and, and, and then you're good. And yeah, and it's not yeah. that. Like, it's like at <laughs> best a part time job. Yeah. If you really want to get serious about it, you need to be doing this, you know, full time. And there's a lot that goes into it. So share your experience a little bit about, the, you know, being a podcast and, and the yeah. production side of it too. I want everybody who wants to create a podcast to create it. Like my default is let's help you create something. So, you know, when I talk to clients, because this is how I make my money is by advising clients and helping them produce shows is I say, look, you have to understand, um, Adam, let's say you're day, day zero of having a podcast. The line of people out your door desperate for you to put out a podcast is zero. Even your friends don't care. So when, when you're like, I have to do this, it has to be because you have to do it and you're going to outwork your problems. Now you look at your peers. Who are your podcast peers? I'm your peer. I've got 600 plus episodes. We'll soon be at 700. I've interviewed world famous people. My musical artists are over 1.6 billion, billion records in sales. And, and all of these things. And I put out five shows a week. You're going to go once a month. You will not be heard. So do it because you love it. Do it because you're passionate about it and it's a hobby. If you want to do it to, to monetize, you have to build an audience. That comes way before monetization. And to build an audience, you've got to win the trust of people that you never, ever, ever would have met. I've got an audience, get this, in Jordan, in Taiwan, in South Africa, in Brazil. I have no idea who those people are. They don't interact with me, but I'll be damned. They listen to the show yeah. all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the beauty of it. Some people, you know, I've had some clients that were just like, Hey, I want to do one bi-weekly. Great. You can do it bi-weekly. Don't expect to make a bunch of money at it unless you're some big name like yeah. Ro Rogan or Corolla or somebody that's got. And, and both of those names, yeah. Corolla produces over 30 hours of content a week. Right. And Rogan produces 20 plus hours of right. content a week. Right. So it, it's like one of those. And, and even when, with this show here, you know, the, right now it's it's about once a week you're guaranteed an episode a new episode once a week I've thought right. about bumping that up but i'm also running a network so it's like trying to find the time to, uh -huh. to do yeah. all of that it, you, it's it's just balance um and i have more fun helping other people than than trying to do it myself i'm, I'm very behind the scenes i'm not the kind yeah. of guy like hey let's get you in front of the camera eh, let's, yeah let's not i got a face for radio let's keep it that way let's you know what i mean so um what are what are some uh do you have any like what's your most memorable interview uh that you've done do you yeah. have one i get this question a lot i really <laughs> should have a better answer you know uh, but my answer is the next one because look the adventure continues Great there's so many incredible um 
gosh, we had Jeffrey Reddick on years ago. He started the whole, uh, that Final Destination series. What a great story. But yeah. I could do this over and over again and not say the same name each time. We had one of the survivors from the USS Indianapolis sinking. He, he grew up, or he uh, moved to my hometown. And, you know, it turns out he's been there in my hometown longer than it's been my hometown even. He he was incredible. Today's show is a, is a Hollywood screenwriter, a friend of mine, who became a friend because of the show. His name's Hilliard Guest. And so a lot of times you're talking to people that I personally know and you just, you can't replace that connection that we have. I genuinely love Hilliard, who he is and what he does. And so when we interview, it's 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 much more of a conversation than that. So it's it's just, it's always the next one, Adam. I mean, like there are so many yeah. great episodes coming up and there were so many recent great ones. And, and as you know, these things, they don't really go bad. Sometimes they're timely. You know, we had some some stuff on Iran that we did in our show and there are powerful, powerful, powerful episodes where you can really learn the actual ins and outs of some of these things and see how confusing it is. Uh, those are incredible. I could go on and on, but th the point is, is that it's the next one. Subscribe and, and go on the journey with us because I'm out there always trying to find fascinating people. And that's the beauty I think of your show is you have really a kind of a collection uh, and a, an array of stories from, like you said, you brought up, you know, athletes, uh, music people, um, yeah. you know, culture, uh, you know, all of that stuff. So it's, it's, I, th I would say that you, your show literally has something for everyone in it. Would that be safe to say? It truly does. You know, like some of my, my friends who listen, they say, Oh, I'm not into the album fights. And I'm like, that's cool. What do you like? And they're like, Oh my God, there's so much, you know? So I don't expect you to get every episode. Uh, the episode on Monday was about a two and a half inch thick book about the Arabs and their 3000 year history. That's not for everybody, but I'll tell you what though, if you listen to it, it is for most people. Right. And it's fascinating to learn three. I had no idea there was a 3000 year history of the Arabs. I didn't know there was a book for it and that the guy was super charming, man. So yeah, it's uh, the point of the array approach is that uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not pigeonholed. I'm not in my niche is whatever niche I want because that's who I am. I'm right. interested in a lot of things. That's, and that's what I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people are like, well, how should I decide what type of show I should do? Well, my first question to them is, what do you like? You know, what 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 do you like uh, first and foremost? Because if it's not something that you're interested in, chances are you're not going to get anybody to listen to your right. show. Right. You know. No, I mean that's a hundred percent true. You you have to. You have to be, so here's a great tip for anybody who's going to start a show. If you say these words to me and you're my client, you say, I can't stand listening to my voice. Then I'm going to say to you, why would anybody else want to listen to it? Exactly. Then? You know, like you have to get over all of these things, the repetition and beating your ego out of yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole, the whole thing where I like it raw, like raw, but raw by design, not raw because you're sloppy. Right. You know, that, not every show we do is perfect sounding or perfectly engineered. Sometimes there's mistakes in there, but here comes another one down the pipe. And, and so you get a level over time of, of what our show is. And our show is always, always fascinating and always excellent. And by the way, so is yours, Adam. Well, Your show is fantastic. Thank you. Thank, I, 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 coming from you, Pete, that's, I take a huge, huge honor and a compliment. Thank you so much. I, what I was going to say is your show is definitely authentic. And that's what yes. I, and that's what I love about it. It's like, you, if you want something authentic and something that you might not think you're going to learn something, I, I guarantee you, you listen to any one of Pete's shows, you're going to learn something. I guarantee yeah. it. I will put money on that. You will learn something from it. 
Thanks, um, man. That, that's a big compliment yeah. because you know that I pride myself in being truthful, even even if it means I end up looking like a hypocrite. Because it turns out we all are. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I try to be compassionate. I try to be kind. I want to understand things, and and I look for uncomfortable conversations because that's where the growth is. And you're always going to get you know, the unvarnished truth from me, at least as much as I can take it, you know, I mean, I try to be as honest and open as I can. And also, um, I've got time for people, like, I don't have to agree with you. My job is to hear you out and understand your point of view so that I can say, all right, yeah, I don't at all agree with that. But uh, I understand completely where you're coming from. And I, I can't deny you your your thing. And that's the thing like I do with cultures. I can I can assume I would perform differently in your position, but the reality is you just don't know, and, and you probably wouldn't most of the time. So when we see, you know, people in conflict zones that act in a way that doesn't make sense to us, that's right because they come from somewhere else where their normal is not your normal, and they're better at instability than we are. So that that's how I approach the show is with that mindset of let's understand who this person is and where they're coming from and what's reasonable. If you're going to throw unreasonable or undefendable stuff at me, I will challenge you. But my show isn't about challenging. It's about exploring and understanding. Love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Now, you take your show. You, uh, I've seen, because I follow you on social media and stuff, and I've seen you on the road. Yeah. You take the show on the road. How often do you do that? Well, I was just in the, on the road in February, uh, yesterday in Florida this past weekend, and normally I would record, but I said I'm going to not record this time because I've got so much content in the backlog right now. Um, and so it was the first time I went somewhere and specifically didn't record something, but I have recorded in a bunch of states. Um, I think it's over a dozen now that I've recorded in because, you, you know, one of the things I do is, is my gear is portable. It's like me. It's rugged. It's tactical. It's portable. It's, it's professional. And so you, I'm actually going to, I think I'll be in New York in March and you better believe I'm going to pack as many shows into there as I can with people that are going to, you know, blow you away with how interesting and fascinating they are. So I, I do that because this is what I did in combat. I went out and I met people and it was unscripted. I, I had ideas of what I wanted to talk about with those people, but I didn't know who I'd talk to because you just don't know on a patrol who you're going to get. And then I'd write a report and tell you what I thought about it. And so my show is now that a thing. I go out, I talk to people, I interact with them. And then I write this report, which ends up being the show. I was just going to say, how often have you gone up to somebody, we'll say New York just because you, you just brought that up and that's where you're headed, but let's say you're in New York and you start talking to a random person. What, you know, if that's something like, hey, I want to have you on the show sometime, is that something yeah. you're like, or or do you set that up or it's like, hold on a second. Because yeah. I'm the same way. I got a little portable thing where it's just like, <laughs> if I'm walking yeah. somewhere and something's good, like, let me plug my mic in real quick. Do you mind if I do something like that? I mean, has there been times where you've done stuff like that? I have my gear with me everywhere I go for the most part. Like you're hardly ever going to see me away from my gear because I never know when a show is going to jump off. I, I won't just sit down and necessarily record something because I need it. I, I have a nose now. I've developed this over hundreds of episodes. Like, okay, this is interesting in five minutes. This is interesting for an hour. And so I look for the best scenario. And if that scenario is recorded right now, which is my default, then I'll record it right then. I'm like, let me go buy you a drink. Let's go sit in this bar or let's go sit in this coffee shop and let's record. Um, but if it's something where we need to slow down and, and grab it remotely, we, we absolutely will. But the point is, is I'm always looking for a story and I'm always looking for something that's going to give my audience an experience they can't get on other shows. That's one of the things that there's several things that separate my show from other shows. One is, is I, 
I bring in other co-hosts and co-producers to produce content from, from their network. Who are they interested? Who do they want to go after? Who do they want to hear from? And that kind of forces me to editorially open up the gates a little bit. And so you'll experience a lot of different co-hosts on the show who do things and have wonderful people in their lives. And the other thing is, is I look for extremely scary stuff for myself. Like, uh, you know, Scott Husing has produced a bunch of shows with me and he's like, let's go get OJ. And I'm like, that's scary. That scares the hell out of me, you know? <laughs> and so and it's, it's coming from scott that doesn't surprise me at all so it's like yeah well i always, i do it to scott all the time i'm like hey we're gonna go stuck um, we're gonna go discuss quantum physics and religion at ucsd buckle up let's go and he's like god damn <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man i, I go portable usually it's by it's like but i won't go to new york without things planned i'll have things planned and if i come up on something that, then i'll grab it i don't like to be desperate for shows i like to have an idea of what i'm going to do a little bit right uh, but but yeah i mean if i come across someone and meet them i have no problem saying hey come on my show do you uh, it's, it's what it's what we do you guys like us yeah that's it do you have anything right now in the works that's that's getting ready to maybe come out or is there a project or something right now that you're working on well yes adam i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, you know again you're always trying to redefine as a podcaster and grow and so where we're growing is into into limited series production whether it's in support of some kind of major show or, or other things because you think about like um you know you name your favorite show survivor there's got to be 25 different podcasts about survivor why doesn't Survivor have that? So I'm building that part of my business out. But specifically right now, I'm doing a limited series. It's probably going to be eight episodes long, and it's called The Prison Chronicles. And basically, I talk to a number of murderers and other people that have significant crimes. One of the Wolf of Wall Street guys has become a friend of mine, and he, you know, he's done time. And we talk about their journey before, during, and after prison. And then we bring in some outsiders to kind of provide some perspective on the system itself. And we're basically, we just, we, we chronicle what prison is like. And then we ask the main, here's the, the question that we ask everybody before the show is, if I was to tell you that most inmates, including murderers, murder one, most of them get out. What condition would you want them to be in when they, when they walk out the door? And if I told you it was less than a thousand dollars in their pocket, would you be excited about their opportunities for success to reintegrate, to become a contributing society? And then what if I told you it was actually less than $200 they walk out the door with? Man, like I, just the sheer thought of that. Yeah. You asking that question, I got goosebumps. Amen, brother. On and my me arms, too. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, eight, so it, what's it called again? It's going to be called Prison Chronicles? The, the Prison Chronicles, right? Prison and each Chronicles. episode will have its own individual name. But yeah, the, the, the whole thing is uh, it's a powerful collection of conversations that we've diced up and reconstituted into this story. So you get, you know, there's a veteran, there's an urban kid, there's a rich kid, you know, and all these different things kind of blend together. And you get an idea of what it means to be someone who goes down the path and, and how and honestly, Adam, how close we all are to being on that path. You know, one bad decision gets the worst possible outcome. And all of a sudden, it changes you're your going, life forever. Yeah, I, I made a simple mistake. I was foolish and it cost someone their life or whatever it is. Right. And so you start to get real perspective. And instead of just throwing these people away, because this is how we act, be like that. Ah, People are, people are, you know, those people are bad. They made horrible decisions. All of a sudden you realize these, these are people. We're all people. 
and uh, we're not going to throw them away. We don't. So again, what condition do you want them in? If they're going to get out, what what do you want? Like, okay, yeah, you're never going to forgive them. I get that. But they're still getting out. They right. still have to move on and do something. So they've paid their debt to society, Cody Fingers. Right. But, um, you know, really no fooling. What's next for them? And and what do we what do we need to do to get them in a spot where they're no longer a threat? Because that's the last thing you want is someone who's, you know, know nothing but pain and misery and abuse gets out of prison. And now they're like, now what? You, you, don't, want, you don't want them to re. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. You just don't want them to do that again. Right. I, I can't wait for that. And we don't have a date on when those are coming out yet yeah i mean it depends on a few factors you know the shows are going to get done and i'm looking on at partners and and those conversations are yeah. ongoing i can talk about what the project is and everything it, it, i hope it'll come out in the spring maybe the late spring but if i have to hold on to it for a few months because you know i'm waiting for a a media partner to jump on with it, then then I'm going to have to hold it. So I, I hate to give out a date because no. I just I just don't know. I know that it will be done soon, but that doesn't mean it gets released soon. Even more of a reason why you got to keep coming back and checking right. out the Break It Down uh, show. Pete, I got one more question for you, brother. Sure. You're on a show called The Decision Hour. And uh, so name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. Could be anything. What was that decision that you made and what was the atmosphere like for you at that time? I've got a great one for you. All so right. as a, as a combat guy, you often find yourself in positions where you need needed to pre-think out some of your decisions because in the moment, you know, you can be like, okay, I am now in a, an extremely dangerous situation. And I'm saying this in, in context of you're already in a dangerous situation and now people's lives are in, in the balance right now. And so we were in one of these situations with, uh, if you know who Johnny Walker is, he was my interpreter for a while. He's very famous. He's probably the most famous uh, Iraqi interpreter ever. He wrote a book called Codenamed Johnny Walker. Uh, I'm actually in the book. And, and actually the story is in the book. And so we were at a checkpoint in Iraq off of the camp and it was just three of us. And we were on a, a special assignment anyhow. Um, at the time, checkpoints weren't necessarily actually the Iraqi army or police. Sometimes it was murderous people. Sometimes they were the same, or the Iraqi police or, or the Iraqi army were the murderous individuals. So you just don't know. So we uh, got pulled out of the queue, and we drove up to the little guardhouse, and uh, my friend is behind me. I'm in the passenger seat, and Johnny gets out, and he starts talking. While Johnny is talking, I have my weapon oriented towards the towards those guys. They can't see it because, you know, they're focused on him. The safety is off, and I've got two pounds of pressure on the trigger because if things go south, I'm not going to be the last one to act. I'm going to be close to the first, and I'm going to kill everybody in front of me. And so it was one of those things where things, things were extremely tense. I cannot say like, how tense this is. Like it. We, we don't understand what they're saying. Every every conversation in Arabic looks like an argument and it all worked out. But it was a point where I don't know what happens. I don't know if I, and you know, people say like, you know, try by 12 carried by six. Yeah. This was one of those moments where, where I was like, I don't know if I'll, you know, if, if we kill these people, if we'll be exonerated or not. Um, but we were in that kind of a situation. It all worked out. 
Johnny is a great mouthpiece. He was able to talk us through it. And ultimately he's like, it was fine. It was not that big of a deal. And I don't think Johnny knew at the time, like he was right in front of my gun. And I said to myself, I'm going to do my best to not kill Johnny. But ultimately if he gets killed because, you know, my guy behind me and myself are trying to defend ourselves, that's just how this is going to go down. Man, that is a crazy decision hour. Yeah. I, I appreciate you yeah. sharing that one, man. That, that'll, that'll get the hair on the back of your neck standing up a little bit. <laughs> Pete, yeah, I, I, I appreciate Thanks. you, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and I, I have so much, so much respect for you and, and, and everything that you do and I'm a huge fan. And, um, you know, I, it, I do not doubt that we will cross paths here very soon where I can shake your hand in person uh, as opposed to over the phone or, or uh, on camera with the webcam. So thank you so much. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. And the same thing to you. I look forward. Look, I, I love meeting all the people in our community and, and being a part of it and sharing these things. And, and this is just for your audience, too. The same thing. Like, reach out to me. I, I'm glad to engage with you and, and, and talk to you about your podcast or hear you out or, or just, you know, you want to chat. Or I, I'm, I'm, I'm an available kind of guy. So at Pete A. Turner, uh, you can send me a, a tweet. You can find me on Facebook. I, I accept basically everybody until they need not accepting. So um, <laughs> definitely feel encouraged to reach out and talk because that, that, that's what I do. I, I build a community. And, and Adam, I, I'm so happy to have you as part of it, like that we work on these things together. Because like you, I, I think the world of you and what you're doing and the progress you've had. I mean, you look at the miles you've got and there's no way you can be anything except for an excellent podcaster. And then you listen to the content and of course it's excellent. The uh, questions man, you asked today are fantastic. I, so thank, thank you, you so for having me on. I appreciate that, Pete. Thank you so much. Folks, again, you're listening to the show. Open up another browser and make sure you follow Pete on social media. Go to breakitdownshow.com. Breakitdownshow.com. Dot com. That's all the time that we have today, folks. Before we let you go, make sure you go check out our parent company, Heroes Media Group. Check out all the shows, articles, and some events that we got coming up uh, this year. In the meantime, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.